From WUSC, I'm Brady Fitzgerald, and this is The Countdown. The men's basketball team laid a smackdown on Georgia last Wednesday. Can they keep this offensive explosion and shutdown on defense together for their next game? Meanwhile, the women's basketball team is still red hot. They had a close matchup with LSU and then routed Mississippi State last night on the road. What does this mean for their upcoming matchup at UConn? Plus, head coach Shane Beamer cannot be stopped right now. He just got the football team a wide receiver and QB duo from St. Francis University from the transfer portal. All that coming up on The Countdown. I'm here today with my co-host and sports reporter for WUSC, Jay Jay Weaver. Weaver, What's going on? How's it going, Jay? You know, another day in paradise here in Gamecock Nation. We're excited about our topics today. And uh, as Brady was talking about, let's let's start things off with the men's basketball team. All right. That's a good place to start. Last Wednesday, I went to the game. A lot of energy from the stadium. Love to hear it. And the team just went off. It, It was exactly what they needed to do. Against a couple bad win, a couple bad losses, and a couple uh, COVID issues, so they're bringing the team back together, and hopefully, um, ga- more games like this can lead them to be getting a, a tournament team. You know, I think that's a, a good point to make because during that game, one of the key issues that came up wasn't even an issue; was a bright spot with the bench with yes. uh, Keyshawn Bryant. He came off the game; he came off the bench extraordinarily well, very unexpected. Yes, uh, I. I expect I I thought I didn't think expect Keyshawn to come off the bench, but he came off the bench. Uh, he took his role in stride, scored 19 points, and it just seemed like he couldn't miss. He got a double double, got 10 rebounds, uh, monster on defense, monster on offense, um, and he was one of the he was as Jay pointed out he was the it's the energy that comes off the bench that we really need, and it really got everyone going. It wasn't just him and the bench. Right. When with chemistry on a team, it's not always just starting five who will bring the win at the end of the game. It's if if a starter is having a bad game or just can't find that rhythm or the zone we often speak about, it's always there's always another opportunity and usually it's coming from the bench of South Carolina that was really giving that spark. Yeah, definitely brought a spark to the, all the starters. It really like it showed I think uh like it showed that this is a high energy team. This is uh, this is a tournament team. We just haven't been playing like it. We've had some COVID issues, um, and then the Bulldogs. I mean, we were favored by five, but considering we beat them by almost thirty, it's a it's a great win in uh, in Columbia. Uh, guard AJ Lawson, twelve points uh, on thirty minutes, and uh, Jermaine, oh, man, pronunciation, Corsnard. Uh, uh, they uh they combined for uh thirty minutes each and eight and combined for uh, thirty points. So they were starting. It seemed like none no one could miss. Everyone was great on defense. The fact that we held the Bulldogs to uh fifty nine points, we forced twenty turnovers. Um, it was really just it was a spectacle to watch, and I hope that we can keep it up, and that uh the men's basketball can uh use this momentum forward. I think you're right. One of the things about basketball teams, especially college teams, you don't always have a superstar. You may not even have uh, two or three high um, four or five-star players. But when you have a coach like Frank Martin, 
who creates an environment of defense and passion and ultimate teamwork, it's not always about the superstar. It's about the teamwork in itself. If one guy falls falls short, another guy will pick it up. And this is just a, a reflection of the leadership that team that Coach Martin provides this team. No, you have a great point. And if someone's uh, like someone is is lacking, someone's got to pick it up. It's it's not the NBA. There's no LeBrons. There's no um, unless of course like there's no Zion Williams, Williams this year. Uh, there's none of these star players and. But that doesn't matter. You know, you got to face as a team. And if you want to get into the tournament and play into March, it's do or die in March. So um, the high energy, you're right, Jay, the high energy, it's picking one each other up. I mean, everyone's got to work together. So that is a great point. Um, so, yeah, that was a great win. They got a, they play Vanderbilt tomorrow on the road in prime time. Uh, hopefully they can keep up this energy and uh, destroy them as well. All right, are you ready to move on to the women's basketball? I think we are, and I'm so very excited, Brady, about this upcoming few games that uh, these women basketball players are about to embark on, not only for the simple fact that they are coming in to maturity, but the fact that they are the number four team in the AP polls. That, if, if you know anything about women's basketball, the first three teams in the country – they all have a different skill set in which their schedule will not allow them to stay in those positions. Let's say, for instance, USC, they have four ranked teams remaining in their season. Yeah. LSU, excuse me, we have Louisville, NC State, and UConn ahead of them. If you look at their schedules, they don't have the strength of schedule that USC does. For example, Louisville plays number two NC State on February 1st, which is Monday. And whomever loses this game loses their current ranking and fall below USC at the fourth position. And let's note one more thing. Louisville has only played one ranked team, uh, which was the number 23 Syracuse, only winning by 13 after NC State, which they don't play another ranked team throughout the remainder of the season. So when Louisville plays UConn, Someone's got to fall. Yes, and and you just said it. They you Louisville's had an easier schedule. They only beat their ranked, ranked opponent. That was what did you say, twenty first? Yes. Um, by thirteen points. So I mean, I'm expecting a UConn victory on that one, and that means uh, that they're going down. And they uh, no, uh, the women's basketball team. They have a couple easier games ahead. No games easy, uh, but they got Alabama ahead and Auburn ahead. Um, and then it's time to face UConn. Um, they're probably the best two teams, even no matter what the rankings, the AP, that they're three and four right now. Um, they're probably the best two teams, and when it comes time to late March, uh, this will be a key matchup everyone's going to be looking at. You know, uh, Brady, I want to say one thing about UConn, how great that team is. Um, last year they came into Colonial Life Arena and got stomped, which was an awesome environment. I was there for the first college game I've ever been to and sitting in the student section which was unbelievable, which was nuts. I don't know what I was doing, but it was, it was incredible. But one thing I want to say about the UConn Huskies is that they played just recently and lost to number 19 Arkansas, 100, I mean, excuse me, 90 to 87. I'm going to tell you a fun fact. <laughs> I know what you're about to say. USC beat Arkansas. Do you know the score? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. 104 to 82. So Gamecock fans... 
you should be optimistic about this game. And UConn, you should be trembling a little bit due to the fact that with you, again, as we referred to earlier, the strength of schedule. It when matters. It, when it comes to the end of the season, just because UConn beat a team by three points, USC beat them by 18. No, more than that. I'm yeah, sorry, 22. 22. So this is – let let UConn believe that they can have a chance against the USC uh, Gamecocks. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> I love the uh, I love the enthusiasm. I love the the confidence. Um, no matter what, it'll be a great game. These uh, both both these squads of women are amazing. And do we want to talk about Boston winning the SC Player of the Week? That was impressive. Yeah. Um, within let's look let's look over the last few games that Boston had, which the win over Georgia. She had 16 points, 11 rebounds. Um, LSU, 20 points, 14 rebounds. Yeah, and she was pivotal for the end of that game. It was a close game the whole way, uh, only one by four, but um, that that she was important for the end of the game. Absolutely, you, you have a leader. You have a a a cornerstone you're building on with Zaya Cook and some others, but Aliyah Aliyah Boston is just something to build on. And another note, just because she doesn't always score, she is not a scoring machine. She is a reliable player. She helped beat Mississippi State 75-52. to It wasn't her scoring. It wasn't scoring, but it was 12 boards. That's what you call reliable. That's in the block, always somebody to re- pass the ball to. And, you know, the defense is, the, her defense and offense is unbelievable when it comes to the boards. Yeah, her defense is amazing, and as you were saying, it's not always about the offense. Uh, the 12 boards is impressive. Played 22 minutes, uh, wasn't the most of the team, and that was just one of those games, you know, don't want to wear her out because we're going to need her and uh, let other let other women get in and play some more. So, But uh, as you were saying, it's not always about the points. Uh, her rebounds and her defense are just incredible. Absolutely. One more thing before we move off of this subject, which it's we could talk all day about our Gamecocks. When Louisville plays NC State, Louisville's number one, as we all know, but they don't have the strength of schedule. Let's say, for instance, NC State beats Louisville, which was unfortunate we lost, but just say they do. NC State does not have any ranked games after Louisville. If they lose, there's no way they can reclaim a higher ranking. So what I'm saying is NC State, go ahead, beat beat, uh, Louisville. That's fine. (laughs) Do what you got to do because after that game, there's no ranking positions for them to move up to. Where's their strength? When USC has number three Connecticut coming on, and we already know what's going to happen there. <laughs> and it's and it's even going to be a more convincing win because where is the game, Brady? Where it, is that game? It's in Connecticut. And UConn, absolutely. And then they travel to Tennessee, 20th ranked team. Yep. And then they're home again Kentucky, versus 15. Yep. And then the last one, we're going where? And number 18? We're going to Texas A&M. Absolutely. So if you put all that strength of schedule, the teams, who they're playing for the rest of the season. If USC wins out, Brady, this will be an unbelievable turnaround because NC State, that was a fluke, but, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. But it happens. But I think that if USC, our Gamecock Nation, pulls together we and win out, there's no doubt in my mind we're going to be the number one team in the country. And even if we're not the number one AP ranking, uh, we're definitely the number one feared team. These uh, these women, they're scared to play us. It's you can tell in warm ups and everything. I mean, we're just a different breed. 
you're absolutely right. When you're out there on the court, you can see the intimidation factor. I mean, we got some tall females out there. It's like, oh, my goodness. And the way they – Dawn Staley has done such an incredible job building confidence within this team, the chemistry within this team, the teamwork, the way they work together no matter what happens. You walk on the court with USC, you are going to start trembling just a little bit. I mean, if you're a good good coach, you're going to try to teach against that. But there's <laughs> there's just no way. There's just no way. USC is that yeah. powerful. And uh, especially – uh, I don't remember what the, the final rankings were before the, the season got canceled last year, but we are going in red hot uh, for the title again last year before COVID uh, ended the season. But, and then won in 2017, uh, missed out 2018, but, and 2019, but we're going to be back. You know? We're back. Oh, we're there's, back. Is that a question? No, it's not. That's not. I'm just that, saying it. <laughs> that's, there, there's no doubt in my mind. We are ranked number one in the bracketology right now in our, in our division. And I don't see that changing. And I just see uh, USC rolling, rolling through March. Yes. So very excited for March. Hopefully, you know, um, hopefully COVID doesn't get worse. Hopefully the season still goes away. Um, I mean, still goes through. Going to the games, they've all been safe. Um, You can sit next to, going to the games this year, you can sit next to one person. Then there's separated, like three seats down, there's two more people. And then, like, it's separated by, like, blocks. So, uh, and then there's a bunch of cardboard cutouts, of course, that you can uh, pay for. That Jay has one. Absolutely. You know, Bree, I'm at every single game. (laughs) (laughs) Whether I'm physically there or not, my spirit and my cardboard cutout is there rooting for our Gamecocks no matter what. you never leave the stadium. No, I live there, bro. I live there. That's that's my second home. Um, So, yeah. And it's – so everyone's been safe. Everyone's been wearing their masks on the sidelines, all the coaches, everything. So – we're, we look like we're in good shape for men's and women's. Um, hopefully the men can just turn around and we can watch them both play in March. Absolutely. Um, as, as Brady was saying, come out and support your team. If you can't be there, go ahead and get yourself cut out. Student fees is only 25 bucks. And go it's ahead free and, for students? Uh, no, 20, 20, 25. Oh, to, no, but to go to the games. Oh, yes. Free. Students, there's no reason. Absolutely no. You're sitting here. Uh, at, it's early in the semester. You don't got any big projects coming up. No, it was a Wednesday night. Absolutely. What else you What else you got to do? I mean, honestly, um, just just stroll down to Colonial Life Arena and support that team. And in fact, if you're going to do so, and if you have to pick one game to go to, make it be Kentucky. Make yeah. it be that home game because they're the 15th ranked team coming into coming into Colonial Life. And what are they doing? They're coming in for an upset. They yep they're they're itching for an upset. Um, and for the men's, uh, Missouri, that'll be a good game, ranked opponent. And Arkansas at the end, two good games. Oh, and Alabama, I forgot. Alabama's in a couple couple of days. So um, I will be – I got my tickets for all of them, so I'll be there. And um, so, yeah, come support out the team. Uh, if And it's fun. I have a great time. Um, I'm always on the Jumbotron. So if you see a guy in a maroon basketball jersey screaming his head off, there, you know. Do, you know do they do that? Oh yeah, you know. I tell a quick story. When I was in, uh, I'm old, so I won't date myself. But back in the day, <laughs> I was down in Tampa Bay, and I okay. went to a, a Lightning game, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, and uh, I got on that jumbo screen, and I was, you know, having a good time. Yeah, and I didn't come off that jumbo screen, and it, and it, it felt <laughs> great. So I encourage you come down. If it's not, ju- if you're not a true basketball fan, and you just want to support your team, come on down. Get on that jumbo screen, jumbo screen. Build a uh, a little board for yourself uh, 
and uh, show some support for our Gamecocks. All right, awesome. So uh, that's it. Let's move on to uh, football where Coach Shane Beamer, I mean, he's going off. We got a QB, Jason Brown, and wide receiver EJ Jenkins coming in together from the same school, um, transferred here. So that's very exciting. That's that's more than exciting. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. One, these cats, they are a team. They come in a package deal. They've been playing sports together since seventh grade. They did go to St. Francis together. And one of the big reasons they're transferring is, one, that they've always wanted to play at USC or a big SEC college. Uh, But, two, uh, St. Francis University canceled all their sports for the next of the year. So that takes their eligibility, you know, their prime time of of being exposed, limiting it. And it's really not what is the best thing for student athletes right now. Um, but since St. Francis was the FCS program, which you don't, if you don't know, it's football championship subdivision. They're out of Pittsburgh, um, Pennsylvania, and both have committed and will arrive here on campus on one March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in time for spring spring training. And, uh, you know, I wanted to say something about Jenkins. Yeah, I know Brown's quarterback, you know, 6'4", 230, threw threw for 3,084 yards, completed 62% of his passes with 28 touchdowns, six picks last season, which is great. It was awesome. But Jenkins, man, you know that other transfer we had, Brown, right? At 5'10", 5'11", super quick, not the fastest guy in the world, but super quick. This is the exact opposite. Exact opposite. 6'8". Absolutely. If you put that guy's energy, if you put Brown into Jenkins, Jenkins just might have it. There, he's this guy's unstoppable. Yeah. He's like a he's like a a, a light tight end. He's tall. Yep. He's going to jump over uh, safeties and, and corners. I really think this is going to be an outstanding opportunity for him and our Gamecocks. Uh, I think this is going to be an outstanding opportunity for the the new offensive coordinator and Shane Beamer himself because this guy he's a freak in a good way. Uh, he's gonna, he's a freak on the field. He will be he can you can put him at tight end. You can put him out wide. You can mismatch him in the slot. I mean, he'll be he had 13 touchdowns last last time they played, which was 2 years ago now because they missed the last season. But uh, on 39 catches and 778 yards or 79 yards on a limited schedule. Yeah. That it's it's crazy. It's really crazy and uh I didn't know about the that's some good research. I didn't know about the Jason Brown and DJ Jenkins playing since their 7th grade, but we love to see the chemistry and I love it when people like they transfer together. Yeah. So, so there's absolutely no reason that both of these uh, talented young kids can come in and do something with or, or bring a spark to the team. Because what does that do, Brady? What does that do bringing in a quarterback on a wide receiver? What does that do for, the, for your other quarterbacks and wide receivers that are already on the team? It shows like, like they're going to come in with a connection. It's going to uh, push the other quarterbacks and wide receivers to form a similar connection. And Really, you know, they're going to compete with one another because they're all starting for the job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's going to form bonds between other quarterbacks and other wide receivers that should help us on the field, no matter who's playing. You're right, right. That One of the things I am looking forward to is competition. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something to say about an opportunist that will come into an organization and think to themselves, oh, Doty's got the job. What am I? I'm just going to play backup. No, man. Oh yeah, we want these kids want to play. Absolutely, take advantage of the opportunity, and use Jenkins as much as possible. Make that connection because it's 
unfortunately, in the college leagues or even the NFL, which actually means not for long if you're not winning, <laughs> it's what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And that uh, uh, it's unfortunate <clears throat> that Muschamp has reflected the you haven't done much for me lately. But Shane uh, Beamer has the opportunity to prove himself and, and the president, the SEC, the whole entire uh, football league, what are you doing for me lately? Make sure Dottie steps up. Make sure Brown steps up. Make sure that our other wide receivers step up and show not only our coaching staff but the rest of the country that USC is for real. They're not just bringing in any old transfers. These guys are ready to promote themselves, get to the NFL, and the only way to do that is be awesome here at the Cog Nation. And what I love about them is that they came from a smaller school, and that you might think in both ways. It could go, well, it means you know they weren't recruited to a bigger school, but – they made it here. This is what they wanted, and they're going to have to prove that they belong here. And they're going to want to prove that they belong here because uh, this is this was one of their dreams. So it's exactly what we're looking for. Uh, like we talked about last week, looking for ballers, we're looking for gamers, people that want to be out there and play and not just be out there because, you know, just because they're at an SEC school now. They're not giving up. Yeah, you're right. The One thing I want to say is that do you know where Terrell Owens played his football? Actually, do not. It wasn't Division One. There's been Tyree Kill. He's going to play in the Super Bowl in two weeks. He was Division Three, undrafted. Absolutely. Those guys get hungry. Yeah. Uh, one thing about college is that if you don't fill a certain mold, so to speak, you may not get the opportunity. So just because Michael Jordan was the very best basketball player of all time, the GOAT, I don't want to hear about LeBron. I don't want to hear about Kobe. It's It's MJ. <laughs> There are better players out there that were not given the opportunity. And so when our transfer polls players come in and step on that football field, this is that opportunity they weren't given before. And I promise you, Gamecocks, I promise you, you were going to see something you haven't seen in quite a, quite a long time. Now, Shea Smith, he was awesome. He was going in the NFL, great. But these new, these new transfers and rookies, uh, signees coming in, I think you're going to see something we haven't seen here in South Carolina, especially Columbia, in a long, long time. Yeah, I agree. And uh, as you said, with the, um, the the taking opportunities, sometimes you're right. In college football, it's all about fit. It's all about what the coach likes about you. Um, and you're always getting recruited by that certain coach. It's not like the NFL where you sign, you know, you, like you sign a contract and like you know you're going to be part of this system or whatever. Um, so these guys. They, Beamer clearly saw something in them, uh, clearly likes them, and he's going to give them the fair opportunity. No matter who they think is the quarterback right now, it's not going to be unless you know it might it might be Doty because that's what we're all thinking right now. But the bat the battles in the training camps they mean something to all of these players. A uh, prime example of that list last year when Colin Hill came in. Mm-hmm. Who did we think was going to be the quarterback? We thought it was Helinski. We thought all offseason is going to be Helinski. Um, and then it's just like Colin Hill, exactly what you said. He got brought in from the offensive coordinator. Um, he came in. He knew Bobo. He knew the system. And he fit in better on practice. He played better in practice. Um, he eventually you know, got benched. And even when he got benched, we thought, maybe it's Helinski's time to start. And uh, Doty earned his way up. It did. Uh, so so that, that, that exemplifies your previous statement. It just might not be a good fit. Yeah. Um, with Helensky transferring out, which is unfortunate. I think it would have been a great quarterback here. 
I do wish him a lot of luck. Everybody yeah. here in games. Everybody loves him in Columbia. Yep. Uh, he's a great guy. He's gone to Northwestern, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's he's going to fight for a far, starting position up there as well. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to keep a, in track of some of our former Gamecocks. Um, but yeah, again, Halinski uh, just didn't fit. It just didn't wasn't what we were looking for. And then we we thought it was because of Mo, Mike Bobo. Then he transferred anyways when he left. So best of luck to him. No no hard feelings. You know, one thing I want to say about transfers or even opportunity players that even if you're a great football player, you get drafted number one, the the team you go to may not be your fit. No. You know, it, it may be a great fit, may not be an awesome fit, but usually you see a lot of NFL backup players who play backup but were great players in college to a football team that have never given the opportunity. And when they do, the offensive scheme wasn't surrounding them to support them. Didn't have the wide receivers, the offensive line didn't work. But as soon as they go to another team, this guy's a all pro. Yeah. And I think this is what's going to happen with quarterback uh, Brown and wide receiver Jenkins and the other portals. Um, I think this is an opportunity that they really need to take advantage of. And as Gamecocks, we are going to support them any way we can. Make sure you come out. Make sure you watch the games. Uh, support any boosters that that are available for our football team and let them know that we are there for them. Because So they need that that energy. They need to know that no matter what happens, Gamecock Nation will always be behind them. Yeah, and definitely for, um, you know, as I said last week, year zero for Beamer. We got to support him in any way. But uh, you had a good point. In the NFL, it's um, it's about where you're drafted. Uh, some of these quarterbacks that get drafted in like to the Jets or bad situations, like, uh, no matter what you think about their quarterback play, it's like if they're put in a different system, they could look like a completely different player. And it matters who they're thrown to. It matters who, um, you know, what their offensive line's like. And the fact that Jason Brown knows EJ Jenkins and has been throwing to him for like five years now, it means something. That matters to players and it matters for opportunities. Come to speak of the NFL, where's uh, Deshaun Watson going? He, he wants out. It wasn't his fit. Uh, rumor has it, I just read something recently that Deshaun Watson is going to be traded. Hey, you heard it here first <laughs> to the San Francisco 49ers with uh, Sam Darnold coming to Texans and um, an unannounced or unknown, or I can't remember, quarterback going to the Jets. Yeah, um, actually, that, that leads us. We're coming up on the uh, on the countdown. So, uh some other things that happened this week, Deshaun Watson has requested a trade. He's a former Clemson quarterback. Um, not a fan of him at Clemson, but he's one heck of a player. And uh, no matter where it happens, where he gets traded, it'll be a huge breaking story. But that is definitely, that's an opportunity that, the, that he doesn't want to be in anymore. So why make himself look bad and he just wants out? So um, that's another it's a great topic. No, I think you're right. The There's something that happens to quality players when they go to the NFL. It's called a little bit of ego. If you don't you know, tell me what's going on or, or you're not going to get my recommendation on an incoming coach that fits my scheme that I want to run this team on, you know, people get kind of upset. But whatever it is, I hope uh, Deshaun Watson finds a great, great spot to, spot to land soon. All right. Well, that does it. Thank you, Jay. Um, some other things that happened. Is that the Super Bowl set? The Chiefs are playing the Buccaneers for an epic clash next Sunday. 
we can get a little more detail, um, you know, next Friday. Uh, and then the NBA is kicking ahead. A uh, great Lakers-Celtics matchup coming up tomorrow. And there hasn't been that many at many COVID problems. And the NHL is in force, full swing this season and is off to a good start. One last thing before we go. I just want to mention that another death in the sports world, unfortunate Hall of Fame Temple coach John Chaney died today at the age of 89. I did hear that. Uh, thoughts and prayers, of course. Um, it stinks that we have to keep reporting these on, on Fridays. But, um, yeah, so the music for the show is called No Time to Lose by Morning Light Music. The Countdown is a production of WUSC News and is produced by myself and Jay Weaver. If you like what you hear and want to check out other WSC podcasts, head over to garnetmediagroup.org or any other podcast streaming services. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WSC News. That does it for the week. I'm Brady Fitzgerald. I'm J-Dog Weaver. And the countdown ends in three, two, one. <laughs>